welcome back to me, my thoughts and I. Um, if you notice, I do have a clearer microphone and also a more sensitive microphone, so you might hear some bumps in the road. Um, and that's just because I don't really know how this thing works. So um, I did, I also say um so much, like I need to stop saying um. But I, yeah, when I started this podcast, I was like, I'm not going to get um, like a fancy microphone because... I don't know. I just, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. I was like, no one's going to listen. Um, I don't really like need to spend a lot of money on this. And this microphone wasn't that expensive, but it was kind of a step up and I feel like I sound a lot better. So it's definitely worth it for me. But there's like over a hundred regular listeners. And to me, that is crazy. I can see the stats on like where you listen, gender, age. I can see all of that. I can see how many people listen every single week, like regulars. And there's like over a hundred of you. So that's lovely. That's actually pretty crazy. And like, it might sound like a small number, but it's not really to me because when I started this podcast, I said that I would be happy if there was just 10 people listening. Cause that's 10 people who's hearing, like who are hearing my story and 10 people who might learn something from me and might actually appreciate what I have to say. But there's a hundred of you. And I don't know if any of you guys are haters. You might be haters, but whatever, you're bumping up my listens. So are my views. So that's great. So if you're here and you're a regular, thank you so much. Um, Again, this podcast is going to be pivoting a little bit, I think, more into like mental health kind of subjects. Um, I have some really interesting guests planned, a couple people to come on and talk about things that I just don't have experience with, like being a mom, um, balancing owning a business and being a mom. There's two people who I have uh, planned to come on the podcast to kind of speak to that a little bit. Two different people who own businesses here in Sault Ste. Marie. So that's going to be really fun when that happens. And just some other interesting guests coming on the podcast, which I think is great. I think it's, you know, even though we are a small podcast, still, you know, people, people want to hear what other people want to say. So, and people obviously want to hear what I want to say or what I have to say a little bit, I guess. I don't know why, because my voice is super annoying, but here we are, and here you are. So if you are here, thank you. Um, So yeah, I got a new microphone. I'm like working on setting up my spare bedroom as like a little recording place. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at with the podcast. I'm taking some time to just really plan out what I want to talk about. A lot of people are, you know, being really engaging on Instagram, which I really appreciate. We are almost at 100 followers on TikTok, so that's really fun. And we're at 150 followers on Instagram, which, again, crazy. And, yeah, people are just kind of responding to my questions and responding to my stories and giving me a lot of really helpful suggestions on what you want to hear. Um, And if you're listening and you don't follow us on Instagram, please go follow us right now at My Thoughts and I podcast on TikTok, too. And, yeah, so... Um, I guess a little update on my end is I'm trying really hard to get to Taylor Swift. Like, I don't know what it is inside my body. I just need to get there. I have quite a few fun things planned for this summer, but Taylor Swift needs to be one of them. I will pay like up to $800 for a ticket. And I know that that's crazy. And I know that I'm kind of privileged to say that, but like, I need to go. Like, if you're going to go see Taylor Swift at any time in your life, now is the time. So I'm working on that. Um, if anybody has any hookups, let me know because I need to get there. Hopefully the Chicago um, concert, but whatever. 
Uh, I'm going to see the Dixie Chicks with my sister-in-law in September. And if there's anybody that I love as much as Taylor Swift, it's definitely the Dixie Chicks, or I guess they're called the Chicks now, but um, most people don't know who the Chicks are. So we'll call them the Dixie Chicks, even though they changed their name for a reason, but I refuse to call them by that, which I probably shouldn't refuse, but whatever. Anyways, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. I, um, yeah, so I put on Instagram a question box of like, what topics do you want to hear from me? What do you care about? Like, if there's anything you want me to talk about that you actually care about my opinion on, tell me now. And I got so many responses, like probably 30 plus responses, but a lot of those responses were the same topic and that is therapy. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I did have a whole, I don't know if I already said there's a whole episode recorded and my mic decided to start like getting all fuzzy in the middle of it and I couldn't use any of it. So it's 8.54 on Sunday, episodes getting released at midnight and we are doing the thing. So that's how much I care about staying consistent. So um, yeah, so we're going to talk about therapy. I'm going to go briefly over my life and a little bit of like my experiences. Not so much that I really feel like anybody cares, but I think that it gives a really good backstory as to why I'm so involved in therapy and why I've been in therapy for so long. Um, Again, it's not like I just want to trauma dump on everybody. I'm not even going to go into too much detail because I think that it's kind of triggering for people and also triggering for me to talk about. And I don't want to air anybody else's dirty laundry out on here. So yeah, I'll briefly just kind of go over like my childhood and stuff like that. Because if there's anything I've learned in therapy, it's that everything stems from childhood and everything stems from your experiences and from trauma for me anyways. So um Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit, as like lighthearted as I can keep it. And then we're going to talk about um, different kinds of therapy. We're going to talk about the kind of therapy that I'm doing right now when I'm focusing on a little bit. And I'm not actually going to go too much into what kind of therapy I'm doing right now because I kind of like to keep that a little bit private actually. But yeah, we'll talk about kind of what I'm working on, some things that I've learned from therapy, how therapy has helped me because honestly... I owe my therapist my life because if you knew me like a few years ago, you would not believe the person that I am today. And I say that with confidence because I know that there's people listening. Like I said last week, there's people listening who message me and say like, I can't believe that you're so insightful and that you, you know, acknowledge all of your wrongdoings and like on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm the first one to say that I've done something wrong. I know when I'm being toxic and like sometimes I just can't help it, but for the most part, I try to stop myself, but there was a time where I did not stop myself, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Again, I'm not going to go into detail because it involves other people, but I will briefly skim it, and then, yeah, we'll talk about how to find a therapist, what to do if you feel scared uh, to reach out to a therapist, and some kind of helpful tips for going to your first session, and then we're going to go from there, I guess, so let's get started. Okay, so... I guess I will start a little bit with my past and my experiences. I'm going to make this super brief. This might be a super brief episode. And if people want to hear more, they can kind of let me know. I'm just kind of like treading lightly here because I don't know if people are going to reach out and like be upset that I'm talking about certain things because believe it or not, that happens almost every single week. Every single time I release an episode, someone reaches out to me 
not liking something that I've said or like, um, and you know what? I encourage it. I would love to have these discussions with you. I've had great discussions with people on like different opinions and things like that since I've started this podcast. But I also think that, you know, we have to remember that you listen to a podcast because you obviously care what that person has to say. And, you know, you don't have to agree with every single thing that they say necessarily, and you're allowed to disagree, but you also have to remember that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And as long as someone is not out here, you know, talking crap about other people just on a live podcast and like really being disrespectful to people, you know, then they're allowed to share their opinions and they're allowed to share their side of things. And as long as they're not naming names, as long as they're not being disrespectful, I don't see anything wrong with that. But again, I'm trying to tread very lightly just to test the waters to see like, you know, I hope that people are interested enough that they'll put up with the little, I guess, briefness of this part. But um, yeah, so I guess like I would say it all started when I was really young. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, you know, again, if I've learned anything from therapy, it's that, you know, there's those early childhood memories that you think that you forgot or you don't think affect you, but they really do. I think like even in like pregnancy, you're affected by what like the the person carrying you is experiencing. And if they're experiencing a lot of stress, then you're affected by that as a baby. So yeah, I think that's kind of where it all started for me. But um, when I was in elementary school, I was like really badly bullied. And that's something that I don't really talk about a lot because I didn't really recognize it at the time. I have very little memory from my childhood, but I do remember um, it was pretty bad for me. And I was like bullied for like the gap between my teeth. And like, if you see me now, I don't have a gap between my teeth anymore. But I remember begging my dentist to give me braces. Like I was sobbing on the dentist chair because I wanted braces because I didn't want to be that part of my language gap tooth bitch anymore. And that's what people called me. And that's terrible. And I think bullying these days is a lot worse. It's a lot more online. Uh, I mean, a lot of mine was online too, because that was when like social media was just becoming a thing. And like everyone had Facebook pages about each other. And yeah, it was just pretty brutal. Um, So I grew up just kind of realizing or thinking that no one really cared and that I didn't really have anybody I was close to. I didn't really have any friends and I grew up in like an even smaller town than my hometown, like 500 people was the population in my town. Uh, So it was just kind of a little bit difficult to make friends. And, you know, I had my own issues with my family going on that I'm not going to speak about because we're good now, but there were things going on that I didn't really feel like I could talk about in elementary school and I didn't really like acknowledge and then moving on to high school, like, I, like I've been open about the fact that I switched high schools every single year. And I think that was really traumatic in its own for me, on its own. Uh, because, you know, every year you're a teenager and you have to start over. You have to be that new girl again, the new girl. And that's the worst feeling. And I still hate that feeling. I hate starting a new job and like being that new girl. I think because I'm so like traumatized from it, from moving around so much in high school. But um, high school is when it started getting like really bad, not bullying, but you know, moving every, every year, moving schools and, you know, not really making a lot of solid friendships, I would say was really difficult. And, um, I did experience something in high school that was really traumatic that I never acknowledged it. Like I never acknowledged it for what it was until my therapist that I currently see that I used to see in high school kind of labeled it for me. And then I was like, Oh, 
okay, now that I think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I had my own trauma related to that. And, you know, in high school, in grade 11, I was, I guess, bullied again because of that, because no one knew the real story. And, you know, people were calling, coming up to me in the hallways and calling me like different mean names and things like that because they didn't know the whole story and because the other person involved had spread nasty rumors about me and it was just terrible and I've talked to people from that school from that time in my life and actually kind of explained the the true or my side not the true side everybody has two sides but um my perspective of what happened and they're shocked because I never spoke about it because I tried telling one person they didn't believe me and so I dropped it and again, very, very difficult. Um, and I don't feel like I need to go into any more detail for trigger reasons. And also, I just don't feel comfortable talking about that online at this time. But um, yeah, so then at the end of grade 11, I had the decision I could either keep going to that school or I could come back to um, you know, my town that I lived in and go to a different school because we had moved again. So we were no longer in the jurisdiction of the school I went to in my 10th grade. So I had to go to an entirely different school. But that's how bad grade 11 was for me that I was like, you know what, my friends are graduating. I don't want to be stuck at a school where everyone hates me or everyone thinks that they didn't hate me, but they thought that I was a certain type of girl uh, because of something that had happened to me that I had never spoken about. Um, and so I decided to go to a new school and it went okay, but that I would say is when things got really dark for me. I don't really know what triggered it. I think, um, at that point I have gone, I had gone to the doctor and talked about anxiety and how I felt depressed a little bit, but nobody asked any questions. And I think that that is the main reason why I'm working on becoming a psychotherapist slowly, but I'm working on it because nobody asked me those questions, really. Uh, I was taken to a counselor in grade 10, a therapist or counselor, whatever their title was, and it was someone that my mom had found, a, a friend of my mom's, and I remember going in and saying, I'm really depressed. Like, I think that I have depression, and I'm so sad all the time, and I don't know why, and I need help. And that person looked at me and said, okay, we can talk about your depression and we can talk about your feelings of sadness, but first let's talk about your behavior towards your mother. And when I tell you that, like, completely shut me down, like, I was like, I will never speak to anybody about this ever again because you can't trust anybody. And so growing up, I felt you can't trust anybody. Nobody actually cares because really... When a kid comes up to you, I was, what, 14 at the time? A 14-year-old comes up to you as a social worker and says, I'm really depressed. I'm really sad. I need help. Please help me. Like, this is the only chance I get to talk to somebody, so please help me. And it, again, it's not not much to do with my family life. My, my family is lovely. Um, I just was dealing with my own demons from things that I had never talked about, and it was all kind of bubbling to the surface for me. So I was like, I need help. And for that counselor to look at me and say, yeah, okay, we can help you, but like, let's talk about the real reason that you're here. That was terrible for me. And I did not speak about my feelings. I did not express anything until grade 12 when I was forced to talk to somebody because I was referred uh, to a social worker at the hospital. Um, and again, this is where trauma can really sneak up on you because like I said, I had never really talked about this. So if you can imagine like 
and I know people use this analogy all the time, but this is truly how it felt for me. A pop bottle, when you shake it and it fizzes and then eventually it explodes, that's how I felt. And I could truly physically feel it from like going down to my toes, coming all the way up to my head. It was like every single time something happened to me or every single time someone looked at me the wrong way or was talking bad about me or, you know, I got into a fight with my mom. Every single time I felt it bubble up even more because I couldn't, I was never taught how to cope with things and I was never taught how to express my feelings in a healthy way. So it was just like bubbling to the surface. And um, eventually it bubbled so high that I lost my mind. Um, To say it lightly, I guess I lost my mind. And it finally caught up with me. And I still hadn't talked about anything. No one in my life really knew why I was freaking out so bad. And no one in my life knew why I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I was like acting out in all of these terrible ways. But also no one really asked. And that's the thing. And I don't blame my friends because we were, you know, 17 years old. It's not their fault. But I do kind of blame the teachers a little bit. I do kind of blame the school counselors a little bit for not asking those questions. And I think that we've come a long way in our training, our mental health training since that time in my life. But and I I would sure hope so, because when someone's acting out, you can't just look at their family and say, "Okay, she has a mom and a dad. They care about her very much because they did. They want to do what's best for her. But we're not going to actually sit down and ask her what her opinion is. We're just going to ask them. So they always went over my head to talk to my parents, breaking confidentiality, you know, just doing things that were not great when they could have just asked me and I was just waiting like I was like a ticking time bomb waiting for someone to ask the right question so I could explode and let it all out and finally feel like someone cared about me and no one asked so you can imagine I've grown up thinking no one cares about me like I have all the all this crap that I can't deal with because I don't know how and no one cares to ask me those questions and maybe they did ask me those questions but they didn't ask me in the right way and like my teenage brain I don't know but I don't think that they asked at all to be honest and I remember they were discussing things that I had shared with the counselor in private in front of my parents without my consent which is illegal um if you're over the age of 12 that's illegal so yeah just a terrible time in my life um I don't think that my parents really knew how to handle me at that time either. And you know what? I don't blame them for that because I was like acting out like crazy and I was just a nasty person and I was so angry and just so traumatized. But again, like you would look at me at that time in my life and say, oh my God, that girl's crazy. Like she just does not care about people's feelings. And no, I didn't, but no one asked why. So Again, if you, like, not again, I haven't said this yet, but if you take nothing from this episode, ask questions and try not to judge people because you don't know the full story. So many times in my life I've been judged for my reaction or my behavior or something someone said about me, but the person listening or judging me didn't have the full story. And once you have the full story about a situation, that's when you can have some judgment. But usually you're not going to judge the person after knowing the full story because you're going to have empathy for them. And that's exactly what I had hoped people would do for me at that time in my life. But a lot of people didn't. Some people did, but I was also very unlovable at that time in my life. I was just nasty. I sabotaged everything in my life. Surprise. That is a a reoccurring theme in my life. (laughs) Not anymore, but it used to be. And um, yeah, I was just kind of living in my trauma and living this life of just anger and sabotage and like just wanting to hurt people like they hurt me. Um, And I hurt people 
in that year of my life more than I probably ever have uh, in my entire life. So um, I've made amends with all people that I've hurt um, through therapy. I think that that's really shown me, you know, I would hope that if someone did me wrong like that or really hurt me or my family like that, I would hope that they would come and apologize and kind of explain their perspective and own up for what they did. And I have done that for sure. Um, But anyway, so I'm rambling. But yeah, I really just treated people like crap and it led me to meeting this therapist. And picture me, 16 years old, feeling like nobody cares about you, um, not trusting professionals because of all the really shitty experiences they've had. Um, and sitting down in that therapist's office and <laughs> this, I can't even describe this person because it would give, might give it away who it is. But, um, yeah, just this person who is trying to talk to this teenager about their depression and their, you know, their whatever they're doing to cope with their depression and all their behaviors and things like that. And I'm just like, you know what? You mean nothing to me. Like, I remember just being a terrible person to this therapist. And this therapist, he still stuck around and he stuck around until the very bitter end. And I showed up for every appointment but I didn't do any work. I never did the homework. I never did what he said. All I wanted to do was like, see if he cared enough to stick it out, which he did. And again, I think I've said this in a previous episode, but he is the only therapist that I have felt truly cared about me and truly minus like maybe give or take like maybe one or two, um, in the last 10 years. But He truly cared about me and he truly wanted to help me. Although I had major walls up, I could not be helped at that time in my life. I understand that. But I kept showing up to appointments and I know that he knew that that meant I actually wanted to be there. Because if you really don't want therapy and you really don't care, like no one was forcing me to go. No one had a gun to my head saying, you need to go. Um, I'm sure if I said, I don't want to go, I wouldn't have had to go. But I kept going for like a long time. And eventually he had to say, you know, we're not really making any progress. So either we start making progress and you start doing the homework and you start talking to me or we can kind of close your file. And so we did end up closing my file. But through that time that I was talking to this therapist, he labeled things for me that I had never labeled in my life. So all of the things that have happened to me, the bullying, the thing that happened to me in high school, I think I casually dropped those things in conversation, like at the beginning, um, you know, when we were, he was kind of like picking my brain a little bit, trying to get to know me because I could, I would not say a word. I sat in that chair silent. He had to do all the talking and he asked me questions and I answered, um, but he had to ask the right questions to get the right answers. And he quickly learned that. And he still knows that because surprise, I am seeing this therapist again and he's lovely. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, Yeah, so he's sitting there trying to pick my brain, trying to get to know me, trying to figure out who I am because he could tell that I was like deeply troubled. And uh, yeah, so I had casually mentioned like some of the things that I've experienced and he labeled those for me. And I remember sitting there thinking like, does this man believe me? And I think I might've said that to him. I was like, you believe that that happened to me? Like you believe that that's what that was? And he said, yes, I believe that's what that was. And you could press charges and you could do this. And like, that's terrible. And that's the first time I had ever been validated for those experiences. All my life, I've just been invalidated. Like you're fine. Nothing happened. I don't believe you. Like all of these things. Um, 
and that meant a lot to me, but it also brought up a lot of feelings. So I did drop out of therapy shortly after that because I just like, I wasn't, I wasn't at the place in my life to actually do any work whatsoever. And yeah, I just kind of, I thought I was okay. Obviously I wasn't, I was suppressing it again, but whatever. So I dropped out of therapy and I started living my life. And obviously I got married shortly after that. And um, what I didn't expect was for marriage, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is to trigger something in me. I don't know if it was abandonment issues. I don't know if it was kind of attachment issues, but it triggered something in me that was like, okay, I'm with this person probably for the rest of my life, but how do I know he's actually going to stay? And so I pushed him to his limits, like quite literally to his limits. I treated him like dirt and I deeply regret it, but I learned a lot about myself at the time. And during that time, I blamed him for everything and I never took accountability for anything. I thought I was like this healthy person who just wanted, you know, happiness, but really I was sabotaging my life left, right, and center. And he stuck it out to the bitter end, like my therapist. And I respect him a lot for that, for really, you know, trying to do every single thing that he could to help me and my family and, you know, just everything that was going on. I think people could see that I was a really hurt person at that time um, and hurt people, hurt people. So um, again, I've had these conversations and I've kind of made amends in my mind. So, um, but at the time, that's what I was doing. I was just sabotaging my life. And so eventually, once I got out of my next relationship, the toxic relationship, I realized I need help and I need to actually sit down and like part of my language again, get my shit together or I'm not going to make it through life. Like I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, was it really his fault for everything that happened or was it your fault and you're lying to yourself to make yourself feel better? And that's the first time I actually was like, I was lying to make myself feel better and that's pretty messed up (laughs) and I need help. And I, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I remember thinking like, I need, I need therapy. I need some serious help, but I don't trust anyone still. And this is like, how old was I? Like 22 years old. And I still remember all of the negative experiences with my past counselors. And I was like, uh, yeah. So I did end up going to see someone through EAP, through work, um, employment, employee family assistance program. And it's like a free brief counseling service that you can access. And I remember going to see this person and I walked in and one of the first things that this person said to me, they looked at me, looked me up and down and said, do you think you have an eating disorder? And at that time, if you, um, I mean, I guess I haven't talked about this on the podcast, probably. It was on my list of things to talk about, but I used to struggle with eating, not an eating disorder in the sense that like I cared about my weight, but when my friend Jasmine passed away, I had this weird issue with food where I could not eat anything, like quite literally could not eat anything because I thought everything was going to give me cancer and I lost a lot of weight that I could not afford to lose and I did look sick, but I didn't have an eating disorder like she was kind of referring to, like um, that she thought that I had this issue with my weight and I wasn't eating. And that's very much, she made it very clear that that's what she thought that was going on with me. Yeah. So that therapist or counselor, I guess, was really rough. And I also remember I did go back for a second appointment. Don't ask me why. I think I just have, I'm a recovering people pleaser, but I did go back and, um, 
I remember mentioning while they were briefly trying to get to know me, mentioning someone in my life struggling with an alcohol problem. And I remember that person looking at me and saying, ugh, prepare to bury them. And that's when I decided like, okay, I will never speak to this person again. Um, And so like you might have experiences like that when you're trying to find a therapist and that is what can be so scary about it. But trust me, once you find that person for you, it's so worth it. Um, And so, yeah, I I remember I decided I needed to go back to therapy. But again, I had another terrible experience. So I'm like, I don't trust a single person. I wish that I could talk to that therapist that I saw in high school because that he's still stuck in my mind uh, as the best therapist I've ever had. And um, I think I manifested that a little bit because not too long after that, I ran into him at the farmer's market and he was like, Jessica. And I was like, hey, I hadn't seen him since high school. Like I never once saw this man in person or I mean in public. And uh, I almost didn't recognize him. And then he, we were chit-chatting. I was telling him how I am. And um, I think I, I was maybe, I don't know how old I would have been, um, but I had just gotten divorced and um, I like, you know, was in this relationship and like really realizing I needed help. Um, my timeline is really messed up. So if, if I'm mixing it up a little bit, I apologize. Um, that is one thing you'll know about me is I have no sense of time. So I might say like, oh, like last week this happened, but it was really like a year ago, <laughs> maybe not a year ago, but like a month ago. Um, just no concept of time whatsoever. So we were just chit-chatting and he was like, I think you'd be really interested in this new therapy that I'm offering. I'd love for you to come in and talk to me about it. And now it was, I think, in like February of um, 2020. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not even going to say years because I have no idea. It was in February, though, I remember. And um, I remember going in and I met with him and I was giving him an update on my life and kind of talking with him. And we had a coffee and um, it went really well. And he had said, like, he would love to see me again if I could go to my doctor and get a referral, then he could, you know, he could uh, see me as a client again. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. Never did it never did it because I was scared. I was very scared. I couldn't call. I didn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and so I remember I didn't call him for like a long time. And then I remember in September of that year, I called him. It's when I think that boyfriend and I had just broken up maybe for the first time. And I thought it was over for good. And I realized like, I actually need help. Like that's when I had that epiphany where I was like, ah, obviously I have problems. I need help. Um, and I remember talking to him on the phone and he's like, Jessica, it's great that you want to come back to therapy, but I'm retiring. And I was like, no, I remember just thinking like nothing ever works out for me. And he then said, but I'm starting a private practice and I would love to keep seeing you. I was like, perfect. So I have been going to see him in private practice for quite a few years now. I would say probably at least two years, two and a half years. And I've gone consistently pretty much every two weeks. Um, This last month, I haven't seen him because I've just been so busy and he's been busy. And that's probably the longest I've gone without seeing him in two years. And my life is starting to fall apart. So I need to get back there. I do have an appointment, I think on the 28th. So let's pray that that goes well. I have so much to tell him. But um, yeah, I started going back and it took quite a few sessions for him to really crack my code again. And uh, it was almost like I was in high school again, just sitting in that chair. It was a different chair, but similar. And, um, 
I remember thinking like, he can't help me. Like, there's no way he can help me. There's no way he really cares. Like, I remember having those same thoughts that I had in high school and I had not had those thoughts with any other counselor. And, um, you know, we joke about how he had to work really hard to, to get me to open up even as an adult. And I made him work for that money. Um, but yeah, once I started opening up, um, it was really helpful for me to have him as a therapist again later in life. And that's the benefit of a small town. I feel like I'm thankful that he's still in the field and that he still lives here because he remembered me and he remembered thinking like, I really hope that she succeeds. Like I was on a really like thin line of either going down the wrong path or going down the right path. And thankfully, like I went down the bumpy path, but it wasn't really right or wrong. And I, I made my way out and, um, I survived, but yeah, he remembered me. He remembered almost every single thing that I shared with him. Like he has a great memory. And so sometimes like I'll be speaking to him about something and I'm like, I just don't know why I reacted like that. Like, um, and he'll bring up something from like my childhood that I don't even remember bringing up to him, let alone remember myself. And, uh, he'll bring it up and he'll be like, I think like maybe, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, like this might be tied to like this experience in your childhood that you shared with me back in high school. And I was like, oh my God, you, you deserve the big bucks, my guy, uh, because he remembers that stuff. And it's been so helpful for me because my memory is limited. Like I don't remember a lot from my childhood, I think, because it was quite traumatic for me. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like a brief explanation, although it wasn't really so brief, of how I got to therapy, why I decided I needed therapy. Basically, the gist of it, I was hurting everybody in my life. And it wasn't until I was in a toxic relationship getting treated like dog crap that I realized, okay, this is kind of how I've been treating people. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't as bad as my ex-boyfriend was at times, but I was pretty, pretty crazy. I was pretty bad and I regret it, deeply regret it. I wish that I could have gone to therapy and stuck with it in high school and bettered myself back then before I hurt a lot of people, but that's just not how my life turned out. So now I have to go back and apologize and make amends. And, um, you know, that was really hard for me to do. And I, I can empathize with the people that I have hurt in the past, but Um, Yeah, I basically just realized like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep treating people in my life like crap. So either I need to get my shit together or I'm going to like just be miserable for the rest of my life. And I don't want that. Um, And so that's kind of why I went back to therapy. And thank God that I did because I'm a completely different person three years later, completely different person. Um, Therapy has truly helped me to recognize like why I was the way that I was. I understand why I did the things that I did because I can link it to something that happened to me in childhood or in my teenage years or something. Um, and I can work through that and I can, you know, take all of the trauma that I've experienced and I can put it out into the open and give it to somebody that can kind of un unravel it and make sense of it to me. And that's been beautiful, like seeing the transformation and like feeling the weight, like the actual weight lifting off my shoulders. Like, I don't know about anybody else, but if you have trauma, you might know what I'm like, if you've experienced trauma, sorry, I, you might know what I'm talking about. It actually legitimately felt like there was something sitting on my chest for years and I couldn't figure it out. And I thought it was anxiety, but I think that it was generally, genuinely like the weight of the trauma sitting on my chest and sitting on my shoulders. And then the second that I processed it and I went through um, the steps to kind of release it and the therapy that we're doing, 
I felt that weight lift right off my shoulders. And that's when I decided, okay, I, I'm not fully healed. I still have things that I'm working on, but I no longer feel that heaviness. I feel so much lighter. And I think that that's what therapy does for you. You can take what's in your head and all of these things that have been burdening you your entire life and you give them to somebody who understands how to process that with you. And then you talk about it and you process it and you let it go and it's gone. And if that is not reason enough for you to go to therapy, I don't know what is. But if you have things that you're truly struggling with, like me, like you basically just heard my entire life and without details, but basically like I'm an open book, Um, except when it comes to details about like specific people. But um, yeah, if if you have anything like I have had, um, you might be relating to some of the things that I've said. You might be struggling with your own trauma that you haven't spoken about because we don't normalize talking about trauma. Like sometimes when you talk about your experiences and you talk about your trauma, people might say you're too much. Like how many times have I heard that? I wish I had a dollar for every time. I, you're Jessica, you're just too much for me. You're too sensitive. You're too um, overbearing. You're too emotional. You're too like um, high strung. Like all of those things I've heard so regularly. Um, that I started to believe that, but really I just realized that I just had trauma that I was living in. And like, once I process that, I no longer feel like I'm too much. And I also have the self-confidence to know that like, okay, say Paulo came to me and said, Jessica, you're too much for me. I have the self-confidence now to walk away from that situation rather than chasing that person and being like, my dog's meds, Uh, alarm just went off. But instead of chasing that person and being like, Paulo, I really, like, I want to be with you. I want to prove to you that I'm not too much. I want to meet your needs. I want, like, people-pleasing, which I've done so many times, chasing after people that didn't like me because I felt like they needed to like me because if they didn't like me, then that was, like, I couldn't handle it. Like, I needed everybody to like me. And that caused me to make decisions in my life that I deeply, deeply regret. Um, But now since I processed that, I no longer really feel that as heavy. Like, I do sometimes feel it and I do sometimes notice that I'm like seeking attention from other people, Um, but I can usually pinpoint the reason for that and kind of work through that in my head. And I think that's another thing that therapy has helped me with is like everybody has feelings and everybody has things that they struggle with. But what kind of happens for people with trauma is they get stuck in that trauma and they get stuck in that kind of time that they experience the trauma. And so it's really difficult to process new trauma when you're already stuck in the past trauma, if that makes any sense. And I don't know if it does make sense, but it kind of makes sense to me because I was in a training one time when they were talking about it. But anyways, um, so now because I've processed a lot of my past trauma, anything that comes up for me now, I can just sit down and like look at it from a like very calm perspective and react and deal with it. Whereas in the past, when something would trigger me or something would come up and upset me, I freaked out like I could not handle it, but now I can. And that's the beauty of therapy is like, really, they, he just taught me how to cope with shit. And that, I think, has been the most helpful thing that therapy has done for me. Helped me to just cope with stuff. As things come up, I can now deal with it. It no longer sends me into a downward spiral. Um, you know, if Paulo and I were to break up, God forbid, I 
strongly believe I would be okay. I would be very, very sad, but I know in the end I would be okay. And in the past, in relationships, that is not at all what I have felt. Um, And I think my attachment wounds are starting to heal and it's just been such a beautiful process for me. So um, yeah, so I know that going to therapy can be so scary for some people and it was so scary for me, but I think that we need to normalize talking about our feelings, whether we're a man, whether we're a woman, whether we're whatever, it doesn't matter. We need to talk about it because everybody has feelings and so many people have shit that they're dealing with that they don't talk about. And I know I see those posts on Instagram all the time. Like, I hope you're healing from things that you don't talk about. And that every time I see that, I want to share it because that is so deep and insightful and profound that it's like, it, it shakes me like to my core every time I see it, because I think that that has like been what I have felt my like most of my life is I had to heal from things that I never discussed. And now I discuss all of my feelings and you can even ask Paulo. Uh, it was really overwhelming for him at first and now he's just used to it. But like, I need to get all of my thoughts, all of my feelings out um, or they cause me anxiety. And that's partly why I started a podcast because I love to talk. I Like I've been talking for like an hour straight. Um, and that's why therapy is so good for me too because I just, at this point, I don't really have anything from the past that I need to process. But I have things in the current um, time that I need to process. And sometimes I just need to go to therapy and I talk for the full hour and I feel better after I pay him and I feel better. It's like, I feel lighter. And we laugh because sometimes he like, I can tell he like, doesn't feel like he's doing a lot of work with me or that I'm making a lot of progress. So I reassure him to be like, no, even just me coming and talking for an hour, like I know that you get it. And that's where it's different. I know that you understand what I'm saying and you like are never going to judge me. So I use therapy as like my, my, I don't know what the term would be. Like I just, my soundboard, I guess. I just like, like, I just kind of don't stop talking the entire time. Um, so yeah, I always joke that my therapist is probably happy I started a podcast because now I can get my thoughts out on a podcast and I can actually come to therapy with goals. Um, yeah, right now in therapy, I'm just kind of working on not cutting people out so much. Like if you know me, you might know I'm a Scorpio and I've kind of attached to that definition a little bit too much where if someone wrongs me or if someone does something that I think is messed up or that I, like it upsets me or they make decisions that I really don't agree with, I just cut them out. Um, some people quicker than others, but I'll never talk to you again. And that's, I, I, don't like that about me. So I am working on that. I do know where it comes from. Um, but it's really hard to change those behaviors. And sometimes when I think I'm doing great, I just like completely block somebody out of my life, like fully, like you're blocked. And I hate that about myself, but we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm also pretty nasty sometimes. Like I can get really grumpy and I am working on that too. I'm really easily angered and really easily like irritated, especially certain times of the month. So I'm working on like adding practices into my life, like more yoga, more Pilates, more like walking, listening to more positive podcasts, things like that, where it's actually kind of helping me to calm down instead of encouraging me to be toxic or encouraging me like spending time on TikTok is the worst thing for my progress in therapy because I'm like, I want to be that toxic person because everyone on TikTok is so toxic. I don't think that we talk about that enough. Like 
being toxic and like being crazy and being, you know, depressed and living this like miserable life is so normalized now that I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh, but anyways, that's my little spiel. So that brings me to, I guess, the end of the episode a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, how to find a therapist, how to find a therapist that works for you. Um, Okay, I want to just briefly talk about like, how do you find a therapist? Because so many of my friends have asked me that and I wish I had like a really good answer for you. To be honest, the answer is you just have to look for them and you have to talk to your friends that go to therapy. I pretty much built my entire like therapist's entire caseload because I sent all of my friends to him because he's so lovely and he's like, yeah, he really is a lovely person. And my friends that listen that go to him, they know like he's very, very lovely Um, and he doesn't judge me at all. And he's just like very, he's very therapeutic for me. Um. But I have seen other counselors in the past that they haven't been great. And then some have been like, okay, but like not, not as much therapy as, you know, I don't know how to say it, like not as like engaging or like as helpful as I'd like them to be. Like they really just validate my feelings. Um, So you really have to just kind of think about what you want to focus on and then look for therapists that specialize in what you're trying to focus on. Like, for example, I needed someone who was very heavily trained in trauma and behavioral therapy. I don't do cognitive behavioral therapy. Like that's a form of therapy that kind of looks at your behaviors and reframing your thoughts um, to change your behaviors. I don't do that. I don't, it's not that I don't believe in it, but that's not the therapy that my therapist provides. But I wanted someone trained in that, someone who's trained in trauma, someone who could validate me, but also empower me to be better because I don't want someone and some of my friends go to therapists like this where it's just like yes like of course you feel that way because look at all of the terrible things that have happened to you like you are so right and like just validating you and I don't like that like I want a little bit about that but you know I'm gonna go to my friends for that validation I don't want to pay someone 150 to 200 dollars an hour just to validate me I want you to give me homework I want you to call me out on my shit I really had to shop around and I really had to like have discussions with therapists. I had to go to a couple sessions to know if they're the right therapist for me because ultimately like you're not going to know the first session because your therapist is human. So go to a few sessions. Some therapists even offer like a 20 minute check-in so that you can go in, meet them, see their space, feel their vibe out and see if you connect with them. Um, I would really suggest asking them if they have something like that and most, most therapists will. And you can, yeah, like ask your friends who they go see, your 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 um, healthy friends, and just kind of shop around. Just go meet up with people, explain what you would like to focus on, explain a little bit about your history, read up on them on, you know, psychology today, look them up on the social work website, the School of Social Workers to make sure like they're like ethical um, and do your research. And Ultimately, trying them out is going to be the best way to find someone who fits with you Um, because like some people's personalities just don't mesh with mine. Like sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I want someone who can like who thinks I'm funny. I want someone who laughs at my jokes. I want someone who is going to like, you know, not be a friend to me, but like I want to enjoy going there. I don't want them to be so pressured, like so uh, focused on my on my work that like we can't joke and chat. Like sometimes I go in and we just like 
shoot the shit for 20 minutes. And I just kind of like explain my drama and like I talk about my life and then we're like, okay, what are you going to focus on today? And we'll talk about it. But, you know, obviously I've been in therapy with this therapist for a long time consistently. So um, I don't have a whole lot to focus on now. Like I'm still doing work on myself, but I would say for the most part, like it's mostly just maintaining consistency with my work. So it's like sometimes I'll go through phases where like I completely shut down and I get really depressed and I can't really figure out what triggers it. And so that's something I'm also working on right now is like what is triggering these depressive episodes? Like I don't believe that it's just the weather. I think that, you know, there's something subconscious happening and I don't know what it is. So I'm working on that. I'm working on, you know, not cutting people out. Like I said, as quickly as I usually do. I'm trying to communicate my feelings better. Um, And those are still things that I struggle with, but those are normal things to struggle with. And I think that's where I'm happy with my life in a sense that like, I'm no longer toxic in general. Like I'm not a generally toxic person. I can be toxic. I can be petty and I can be revengeful. Um, But I try not to be. And I try to like really apologize when I need to and take accountability when I need to, which is huge compared to where I used to be. And if I had never gone to therapy, I don't know where my life would be right now. I would definitely not be in a healthy relationship with someone who loves me so much. And like, honestly, like Paulo, like I, sometimes we talk about this. Like if we met before I got married, like would things have been different? Or like if we met in high school, would things have been different? And I don't, like, I think that like, I would have done the same thing to Paulo that I did in my other relationships. And that's where I'm glad that like I met him now. Another thing I'm really working on that I talked about a couple of weeks ago is like feeling stuck. And it's like, sometimes I just go through these phases where like, I don't want to be in the city anymore. I want to move. I want to travel. And like, Paulo doesn't want to do that. So um, for a while I can get stuck in like, well, you're not the right one for me. And then I want to cut him out. Um, and I want to just pack up and I want to leave the city and start a new life when that is not realistic. So right now I'm trying to focus on like enjoying what I have, enjoying the moment, kind of like accepting things for how they are and waiting for a door to open for me. And I trust that my intuition will tell me when it's the right door and when to open the door and take it um, and take that opportunity. But right now, I'm in a good place. I have a house. I have a partner that I love so much who loves me so much and treats me like a princess and a queen, like truly treats me like a queen. Why would I give that up? I don't want to give that up. So that's kind of what I've been dealing with the last few months. I've been really struggling with that. Um, Not to say that we're going to break up because I don't think we are, but you know, we're talking about therapy and we're being really vulnerable here. And if I'm being vulnerable, that's what I'm struggling with is just, you know, whenever things get hard, I want to run. I want to cut people out and I want to block people and I want to pack up and I want to move and start a new life. That is every single time something goes wrong. When things get hard in my relationship, I want to just run. So I'm working on it. Obviously, Paulo and I are still together. Um, Bless him for putting up with me. But yeah, he just really encourages my growth um, and he treats me really well. And I'm really thankful that I've been so committed to therapy because had I not gone to therapy and worked on myself, I would still be in the same vicious toxic cycle that I was in for so many years. And now like I see things so much clearer. And honestly, like since I've, I've processed my trauma, it's like something switched in me one day. I left a session and I was like, I'm a different person. It was truly like a switch flipped. And I stopped having all of these negative symptoms. Like even like my gut, 
Like I used to get sick all the time. I used to have like, you know, all of these anxiety symptoms, heart palpitations. Um, I would shake, I would get nauseous, like all of these things on a daily basis. I don't have that anymore. I still have anxiety every now and then, but I used to have it daily. I used to like go to bed at night and every single night around seven o'clock until like I fell asleep, I would feel like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. And that was every night for like years. And I don't have that anymore because of therapy, because I've figured it out. So yeah, if you've been thinking about going to therapy, but you're not sure where to start, if, you know, you want some recommendations of really good therapists in um, the city, please reach out to me. I'm not like super well aware on therapists anymore. Like I was when I was searching for therapists, but um, my therapist has recommended some really good ones to me if anybody uh, does reach out to me. And yeah, I would say like, if you've been thinking about it, just go and be so open-minded and be so committed to it. Um, Once you do start bettering your mental health and like working on yourself, it's addicting. And now I'm like addicted to how untoxic I can be. Like how healthy can I be? That is addicting to me. Yeah. So please reach out to me and please like, if you're thinking about going to therapy, please do it. If you have kids, please go to therapy because you know, I really think that kids bring out that trauma in us that we have not processed. So, you know, if you feel like it's something that you need, go to therapy. If you feel like it's something your kids could benefit from, go to therapy, take them with you, do some family therapy, whatever that may be. But also like, I want to validate it's scary. Going to therapy is scary. And for so long, I didn't do any work because I was so scared to open that up for myself. Um, but the right therapist and the right kind of therapy for you is not going to be harsh. It's not going to be re-traumatizing. It's going to be helpful and therapeutic for you. So, well, that's it. That's all we've got. Go give me a follow or the podcast a follow at My Thoughts and I podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And if you really like this, it would be really helpful for me if you could give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Um, I know on Apple Podcasts, you can leave like a little like text review. So if you could please do that or on Spotify, just a review would do. Um, That would be really great. And again, I've gotten so many good feet, so many good messages, sorry, from everybody. Like, messages saying like, thank you so much for these, um, these episodes and this podcast. Like it's so helpful for me and please keep messaging me because it makes me feel good. And it reminds me that I'm doing a good thing here. So, okay. That's all I've got. Well, thank you for listening. And again, go follow us and give us a good review. Bye.